Welcome to Love Unlimited Church Online. We have a great service prepared for you and your family and your loved ones. You're going to love the worship at the end of the message. I'm also sharing a message today titled Trust When God Collides With my future. But before we jump into the message, I'm going to ask you to do a few things. I'm going to ask you to start a watch party. I'm going to ask you, if you're watching on Instagram, to click on the little paper airplane and share this message with the people that you love on social media. And also, if you want to follow along, there's on the screen right now, there's a, a, a QR code. Just grab your phone. Pretend you're going to take a picture of the screen. Scan that QR code and a link will pop up on your phone. And you can have a fill in the blank of the message today with all the Bible verses to help you follow along. Or you can go to loveunlimited.info, L-O-V-E-U-N-L-T-D dot I-N-F-O. And all the important links are up there along with today's sermon notes. I love messing with my kids, playing pranks on them, and sometimes these pranks come back to haunt me, especially when my kids are scared and I, I want them to try something like, like jump into the water at the end of the pool, or, or maybe I'm trying to get them to try some type of food that they've never tried before, and I'm like, come on, trust me, you can trust me, and they always find a way to get eye contact with their mom so that she could give them the okay, like, Poppy's not playing a prank on us this time. Just yesterday, Leilani ordered takeout, and she got Caleb, my oldest son, a personal Cuban pizza. And when Caleb saw me carrying the box of pizza towards the dining room table, along with some pasta and stuff like that, Caleb's like, oh my gosh, that's my favorite type of pizza. I love it. It's so delicious. And I tell him, bro, what are you talking about? This is for me. And he was devastated. And Leilani was next to me. And I told her, right, babe, this is for me. And she's like, no, honey, Caleb, this is for you. And I'm like, ah, like work with me. But here's the thing. She's just so good and I'm so bad. But hey, all of us, we have trust issues to some degree. We've all been hurt. People have lied to us. People have talked behind our back. They've stabbed us behind the back. There's group texts that you have found out about. Threads that you're the subject of horrible things that people say about you. And let me tell you something. It's okay. I know that it hurts. But hey, we can't avoid people talking behind our back. It's going to happen. And you're like, but Pastor Mark, it hurts so much. Yes, it does. But listen, this isn't going to be the last time that someone hurts you or lets you down. There's only one person that will never leave you, never forsake you. Only one person that you could turn to regardless of what you've done. He is always ready to be there for you. Check out today's verse as we continue in our series, Collision of Love. Actually, this is the last message of seven where we've looked at the last seven statements that Jesus makes on the cross. Here it goes. It says, By this time it was noon, but darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. The light from the sun was gone, and suddenly this thick veil hanging in the temple was torn apart. Then Jesus shouted, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. And with those words, he breathed his last breath. When the captain of the Roman soldiers handling the execution saw what had happened, he praised God and said, surely this man was innocent. Here's the thing to you and to me. This is nothing. It's not a big deal. But what we need to take into account is that this man had probably seen thousands of people crucified. The Romans would crucify hundreds 
of people daily. This guy was an expert at death. Death would not phase him, but there was something different about this one. Nobody had ever spoken like Jesus spoke when they were being murdered on a cross, when they were being crucified. This Roman centurion had heard Jesus say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He's never heard anybody being hung on a cross, forgiving the executioners who were crucifying him. Yet he heard that. He had never seen anybody refuse a painkiller that Jesus was offered, which he refused. He heard Jesus say the word of assurance to a repented thief on the cross dying by him. Today, you will be with me in paradise. Nobody had ever said that on a cross. Nobody had ever said, Father, forgive them. Nobody had ever said that word of assurance the word of love, the word of substitution, the word of victory, all the things that we have been looking at now for seven weeks. And certainly nobody had ever shouted in their last breath on the cross, Father, I entrust my spirit into your hands. Nobody had ever said that before. This is very different, guys. People don't die like this. Normal people don't die this way. In Jesus' darkest hour, he never wavered. He never lost sight of his purpose. In his last statement from the cross, he is saying, God is my father. That is what he is teaching us. Actually, I want you to say that out loud with me. God is my father. Psalm 103, 13 says he is like a father to us, tender and sympathetic. So Jesus in his darkest hour teaches us what to remember in our darkest hour. The first thing is that my father loves me. This is what we need to remember when we're going through a hardship in our life that our father loves us, that Jesus loves us and that God will never leave you. That is why Jesus starts his last statement on the cross with the word father. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about that. When Jesus was taking on the punishment for every sin of mankind on himself, he cries out, my God, my God. Remember that? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the only time in the Bible when he doesn't call him father. That is because he was separated. He was taking on all of our sins on himself. Then when Jesus taught us to pray, he said, you'll pray like this. Say, our Father who art in heaven. That blew everybody's mind because up to this point, every faith, every religion taught that God is distant, that God is big. He's powerful. He's cosmic. He's mighty. He may be merciful, but you certainly don't get to call him Father. But Jesus changed it all. He blew the stereotypes. He said, when you talk to God, You talk to him like he's your daddy. In fact, the word used in Aramaic is Abba, literally means daddy, papa, papi. It's the first word every Middle Eastern child learns, Abba, dada, papa. It's easy to say. So Jesus told us, when you pray, start by praying, Father. And when Jesus is dying on the cross, his last words there, he starts with the word, Father. That means the judgment period for sin 
is all over. He is now reconciled with God. He's not talking to some impersonable force, some uninterested, distant deity. He's talking to the Father. Psalms 103, which we just read, teaches us that God is our Father, that God loves you, that your Father in heaven loves you. The second thing, my Father can be trusted. My Father, talking about in heaven, the God of heaven, He can be trusted. You may have had a physical Father who you couldn't trust, an inconsistent Father. You know what an inconsistent Father produces? Insecure children. I talked to a guy one time who said, I didn't know from week to week whether my dad was going to to, to whip me or he was going to hug me. I didn't know just whether he was going to be drunk or not. Whatever mood he was in, it was inconsistent. Fathers who are inconsistent produce insecure kids. But your heavenly father is not only a God who loves you, he is someone that you can trust. You can trust him. And this is the word of trust. Jesus says, Father, I entrust my spirit. I entrust my life into your care. That is why I call this the word of trust. One of the greatest decisions that you're going to make in your life is this. It's answering the question, who are you going to trust? You have to make that decision. Who are you going to trust? Who are you going to trust with your life? Let's just throw out some options and let's vote, okay? How many would say, I think I'm going to trust like a politician? (laughs) No, I don't see anyone uh, raising their hands and saying, I'm going to trust my future to a politician. Since they're in the bottom of the barrel right now with credibility, right? How about, I think I'm going to trust the media. I'm going to build my life on what the media says. How about, I'm going to trust my life to popular opinion. No. How about, I'm going to trust my life to my emotions. That's a good one. How reliable are our emotions? Your emotions lie to you all the time. One of the simplest things, all right, that will help you to be happy is this, is realize you don't have to believe everything that your mind tells you. Not everything that you tell yourself is true. A lot of times, you tell yourself that things are worse than they really are. A lot of times you tell yourself that things are better than they are. You lie to yourself all the time and your emotions lie to you all the time. So I would not highly recommend that, that you trust your emotions. Who are you going to trust with your life? I want to make a recommendation. I want to recommend that you put your trust into someone who knows everything will always put your interests first and will always tell you the truth even if it hurts. That one person who is always going to do that is God because he's perfect. And I want to suggest that you always put your trust in him. Father, I entrust. I'm going to trust you with my life. I'm going through this dark period right now. I don't know which way uh, to turn. I don't know which way is up. I don't know where I'm going to be in the next five days, much less five months, but I'm going to trust you with my spirit into your care. Psalm 33 verse 4 in the Bible, it says this, For the word of the Lord holds true, and everything he does is worthy of your trust. The third thing is this, my father is taking care of things I can't see. This is the third thing we learn from this passage, 
that my Father in heaven is taking care of things that I can't see. We are obsessed with the now. We only care about the physical things in life. We only care about the material things in life. But you know what? There's a lot of things in life that we can't see. Just because you can't see them doesn't mean it's not real. It's as real as what you see. What you see is limited by your eyeballs and your brain. We know, for instance, right now, there's radio waves and there's Wi-Fi waves running through this building, through the building that you're in, and actually, they're going through your body. You can't see them, but if you turn on a radio, you turn on a TV, you open your laptop, and you're going to see that there's waves, that there's Wi-Fi, that the TV is going to turn on, that you can get a picture, all right? They're there, They're in the air right now. There are all kinds of waves that are going through the air right now. You can't see them, but just because you can't see them doesn't make them false. There's far more to life than what you see, than the material. There's far more to life than just the physical. In fact, the things that are going to last are not material. All the material stuff, this chair uh, is not going to last. This table is not going to last. One day it'll all fall apart because all material things fall apart according to the law of thermodynamics. They will deteriorate. This building will one day deteriorate. Trees will deteriorate. Your body, you see, you look in the mirror like, man, what the heck is going on with me? You're getting old. You're deteriorating. I hate to tell you, but that Physical is not going to get any better. Anybody want to give a testimony to that right now? The physical, the spiritual is actually more real. And God is taking care of things that you can't see. So when you're in a dark day and you can't see a solution, you don't see a way out. When you're in a dark place and you don't know what the antidote is, you can't see the solution. While you're waiting, God is working. And what you need to do is trust. While you're waiting for that job, while you're waiting for that answer to prayer, while you're waiting for that change, while you're waiting, God is working. Say that with me. While I'm waiting, God is working. And that's why you need to trust. That implies that you're far more than a body. Of course you are. Life is more than the material and the physical. You're made in the image of God, which means that you have a spirit. You have a soul. Second Corinthians says our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Man, what an incredible, incredible verse that God is working even though we don't see him. That God cares about us so much that he never stops working. Sometimes we say, like, God, where are you? God is working even when you don't see him. And there is a battle that is happening for our souls. There is a battle that's happening for our children. There is a battle that's happening for our homes. And we need to, in our moment of darkness, in our moment of fears, when we need to draw closer to God and say, God, I entrust my spirit to you. I entrust my family to you. And then you have faith. And you remember this fourth thing. My father can handle anything that I put 
in his hands. God can handle anything that we put in his hands. He loves us. He is trustworthy. He is taking care of things I can't see. He can handle anything that I put in his hands. That's the last part of this phrase. Father, he's a loving father. I entrust. He is trustworthy. My spirit He handles the spiritual stuff we can't handle, even in the spiritual world. I entrust it into your hands. This phrase, into your hands, it's a beautiful expression of care and security. Man, I know that that when my children are scared, when I hug them, when I embrace them, when I kiss them on the top of their heads and they feel the warmth of their father, they feel safe. I, I know when my, my kids have had like bad dreams or they've been scared about something, the only place that they want to be is in the arms of their father because they know that I will protect them. Hey, the Bible says that if we, being evil, being sinful, know how to do good things to our children, how much more will our heavenly father do for us? Have you guys ever seen that commercial all right, you're in good hands with Allstate, with, with President Palmer, if you've seen the show 24. You're in good hands with Allstate. Man, wh- what, what in the world does that mean? What they're implying is our insurance company will take care of you. You're in good hands with Allstate, with us. Maybe you've got Allstate, maybe you don't, but let me tell you one thing. My heavenly father has me in his hands and he wants to hold you in his arms today if you would allow him to. He has the whole world in his hands. I know right now people are going crazy because there is a presidential election coming in a couple of days. And let me tell you something. God is God. Regardless of who sits in the White House, my citizenship as a child of God is in heaven. Don't lose sleep about it. You do your part. You vote with whoever you align with the most. Respect and love everyone, even if they don't agree. Even if they don't agree with you. That's what we learned in this series, Collision of Love. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing, all right? That's what we've been taught, and maybe you think you're right, and maybe your neighbor thinks that they're right, but whatever. If if you think you're right, then you think the other person is wrong. But let me tell you something. Forgive them. Love them. God is in control, and regardless of the outcome, whether you like it or not, nothing is a surprise for God. Let me tell you something. For the Jewish people, they were oppressed by the Roman Empire. The Romans were killing Jews left and right, taking their land, taking their property, lording over them. But God used this terrible time in history to create a society where everyone spoke in the same language, where there was roads where people can get from one place to another really easily. It was one citizenship, so you can travel from part of the land to another part of the land. And they invented crucifixion, which fulfilled one of the prophecies that Jesus would die on a tree. And so Jesus comes and he dies. And everyone thought that it was the worst thing that had ever happened to be oppressed by the Romans. But God said, in this moment, I'm going to send my son. I'm going to send my savior. And so don't get so worked up in the day-to-day politics and, and, and the madness. All right, we have different views. We all love Jesus and let's unite on the one thing that unites us, the one thing that will never change, the one person that will never leave you and will never forsake you, the one person that you could put your trust in.
today. And hey, maybe you're hearing all of this and, and you're like, wow, I, I, I can't trust people. I'm going through a really dark time in my life and I really need some hope. I really need someone to love me and protect me, and be there for me. And, and I want to give my life to Jesus. I, I, I want to surrender my life to God. I want to live for God. I want something different. Let me tell you, you can have it and you can have it right now. All you need to do is bow your head with me right now and repeat this prayer with me and give your life to Jesus today. Will you bow your heads and pray? Let's all pray this out loud. Let's pray together. Let's close our eyes and say, Dear God, I come to you today and I say I'm sorry for the mistakes that I've made, for the sins that I've committed. Be my God. Be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer with me, let me be the first person to say congratulations. That is the best decision of your life. And I want to help you on this journey. I want to give you some resources that will draw you closer to God. All you need to do is text the word CONNECT to 786-541-1020. Text the word CONNECT to 786-541-1020 and click on the box that says begin a relationship with Jesus or recommit my life. And I'll send you an email with some resources that are going to draw you closer to God today. All right. And now, maybe you're watching this service and you want to support the ministry of Love Unlimited. Love Unlimited is doing some great stuff here in Miami. We're helping uh, schools get uh, going again. We, we rebuilt a playground a couple of weeks ago. We planted trees in a school. We painted. We did a bunch of cool stuff. We're getting ready to do food distributions in November for the season of Thanksgiving. We're getting ready to do a toy drive in December. And we can't do any of this stuff without your help. And so today you have an opportunity to sow into a ministry that is active doing the work of Jesus here in the city of Miami and abroad. And all you need to do to support our ministry today is go to loveunlimited.com forward slash give and you can give your donation right there. Or you can use Cash App and you can give a donation of any size, a tax deductible donation by using the dollar sign and the word Love Unlimited. So go to Cash App and search for Love Unlimited by putting the dollar sign and L-O-V-E-U-N-L-T-D. And now I want to invite you to worship with the Love Unlimited band. Falls, you won't prevail. Cause the God I serve knows only how to triumph. My God will never fail. My God will never fail. I'm gonna see a victory.
Hey, I hope you enjoyed this message the way that I did. Now I'm going to ask you to do a few things. Go ahead and like this video. Go ahead and share it on Facebook and Instagram. Email it to people. Do whatever you got to do to get the word out because God is changing people's lives because you're sharing 